Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. So we're talking about the power of righteousness, the power of righteousness. Um, And we're going to pick up where we left off at last week. Uh, the foundation of scripture we're looking at is Romans 8 and 1. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, and there is therefore now, up under your mask say now, now, and now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That word condemnation means there is actually no pronouncement of a judgment. There is no pronouncement of a judgment. Now, uh, I think it's important for us to understand that, that we can live our lives without any judgment against us, that there's absolutely nothing, there's no judgment, there's nothing, and and it takes a little bit of work to get um, that out of our conscience, that we are walking in, in a place of judgment, that something or someone, even ourselves, are judging us. As a matter of fact, I would say that we judge ourselves more than anyone else would ever judge us. We condemn ourselves more than anyone else would ever condemn us because no one else is with us 24-7, yet we hear the voice of judgment many times 24-7, sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes as we're riding in our car all by ourselves, we are hearing the voice of judgment. And God says that we have, been, we have, we have no judgment, and, and it's unfortunate that we, we become God in our lives. And we began to pronounce a judgment as though we are the reigning rulers and, the, and the, the ones who have the say in our lives. And that's basically being out from under authority of the word of God. Humility really is being up under authority of the word of uh, being under the authority of the word of God and believing everything that God says about us, even when it's contrary to our feelings. And when he says that we have no condemnation, it is not an arrogant thing to say that I don't condemn myself. I'm not judging myself, that I'm not no, in no longer uh, inferior or that I walk in, in a sense of, uh, of a guilt. It simply means that we can now walk free of all of those clamoring voices that speak to us and put us down and tell us we're no good and tell us we can't fit in and tell us we can't go over here and can't do that. And those are the voices that, that, the, that righteousness will get rid of and will open up a whole new world for us. It's almost as though righteousness, when we get a good understanding of it, is righteousness is like being on a big cruise ship. Or let me put it this way. The lack of righteousness is like being on a cruise ship and being confined to your room the whole time. Like uh, you've paid, it's been paid for, all you have to do is go you don't have to, you don't have to, you know, the beauty of a cruise ship is you don't really have to think about, you can do the bare minimum and just eat the food, go back and forth. You don't have to spend any more money. I mean, they make it so that you kind of need to, because you want other things. But, but you really, you could get on the cruise ship and enjoy that cruise ship and enjoy all the food, all the pickings, so to speak. Get off at whatever dock you want to get off at and make sure you're back on time. Uh, at whatever you paid for without any condemnation, right? Like how many of you that went on the cruise with us 
felt bad about all that food you ate other than the fact that you ate so much food. You know, you didn't feel bad at like, like I was stealing or I was doing something wrong. You just, you just, it was there, right? It was there for the pickings. And so what we're understanding, what I, what I believe that fun, fundamentally, fundamentally, our biggest issue in our world today is the lack of understanding of righteousness. Everyone has an extreme need for righteousness, an extreme need. Like it's, it's part of our DNA spiritually. We have to feel right. How do we know that? Because we argue, don't we? <laughs> don't we argue? Don't we argue for things that are, are, don't even need to be arguing about for the purposes of what? Being right. Being right. Like I'm arguing. Why are you arguing? Because I want to be right. How much time would we save ourselves if we didn't have to be right, like if our righteousness was established by something other than ourselves. And so there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That's a big thing. Those who are in Christ, there's no condemnation. Who walk according to the spirit and not the flesh. And so, so what happens many times is that we begin to walk according to our flesh. That's why it's so important, even as we're doing these things that we're doing right now, as we're, as we're in the, the, the climate that we're in and all the news is going on, and, and you can easily get drawn into your flesh, can't you? And begin to like, ah, these people, these this, these that, these, and, and you can get drawn in there and operate strictly out of, a, of, a, of, a, of an identity that God doesn't necessarily want us to have. He wants us to have a Christ-like identity, but in that Christ-like identity, fight for those who don't have it yet. Fight for the oppressed. Fight for those who, who need to know that, that there is equality, there's power in Christ. But ultimately, we always have to go down to and drill down to where we are in Christ Jesus Christ. Nothing else is lasting. So I want to make these few statements. I'm going to take you guys a little further than we went, hopefully, with the uh, first group. Let's see if y'all are a little smarter because they need a remedial training. And so we're going to find out if y'all need remedial or not, depending on how far we go. The Holy Spirit knows. <laughs> I can't tell if y'all smiling or, or, or. All right. So a few statements. I'm not going to make all of them as we did before. But number one, man has one problem. What is that one problem? It's sin. It's sin. Sin is the problem. In other words, and, and what do you do with a problem? It either beats you down or you try to do something with it. But what if you can't do anything with it? What if, what if, what if there's no way of doing anything with the problem? How many of you have a, 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 maybe a problem in your, in your house? Like, like um, something that is just a, a constant like it's there, you, you really can't, it's going to cost you a fortune to get it fixed, so you just kind of do what? You live with it, and you kind of work around it, don't you? And you kind of compromise or, or make up for it some kind of way. Like there's a crack in the wall, what do we do? We put a flower pot over the crack, right? We do things, we do things to cover up things we can't fix, and so that's why when we talk about sin, it is a problem that man has. It is a separation and alienation from God, uh, which, is, which, is our, which is our problem. Um, here's what it breeds, though. When we, are, when we are conscious or sin conscious, it breeds fear, shame, guilt, condemnation, and inferiority. 
So let's say that's using that, uh, that, that example of the, the crack in your house that you don't want anyone to see. So what do we do with that crack in the house? Let's say that it's going up the wall. You can't really paint it because you can still see the crack. So what do you do? What's an alternative to painting it? Wallpaper, right? Put some wallpaper up, right? And if you're old, old school, you put some paneling on that bad boy, right? And paint the paneling, right? And, and, and so, but what are we doing? Did the crack go away? No, the crack is still there. The crack can still cause problems to the foundation, but we cover it up. And that's what we always have to do with sin. We have to do something to cover it up because it breeds shame. It breeds condemnation. It breeds um, um, guilt. It breeds inferiority. And so we're always overreacting. We're doing more. We're doing more than we have to do because we are so very conscious of our sin. We're so very conscious of, of, of what's going on, uh, on the, or, or, what, or even what's not going on. So we began to be uh, driven by. And so a lot of times when people, even times, sometimes we can be talkative or they can be indignant, you know, like always argumentative. Or they can be shame, or they, they don't want to come out and, and talk. or All of those things are ways in which we hide uh, this sin problem that we have. So sin consciousness causes us to continuously labor for dominance. Sin consciousness causes us to consciously labor for dominance, concealment, innocence, equality, and superiority. Dominance, concealment, hiding, Innocence, equality, and superiority. What if, what if you didn't have to do that? What if, what if you didn't have to, to fight for dominance? What, 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 if, what if you didn't have to hide stuff? What, what if you didn't have to protect or, or, or always seek to make someone know that you're innocent? What, what if you didn't have to, to go after equality in the same way that the world is going after equality? What, what if you're already equal and yet you, the only reason you're out there is for the help and the benefit of other people. What if that were the case? Because someone's got to be out of the, out of the, uh, someone's got to be out of the ocean or, or uh, uh, not in the, I'm, I'm using, in my mind I'm thinking of uh, how can you help someone if they're down in the well and you're in the well too. <laughs> you know, someone's got to be out of the well, right? Someone's got to be able to, to send the rope down and pull them up. You know, but if all are in the well together, then no one's getting out. And I think that's part of the reason we get we get in these quagmires and unable to move the needle, as it were, is because someone is not coming from it from a place of I'm already out. But I see you down in the well and 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 I'm going to do everything I possibly can to get you out of that well. Someone's got to be on the outside. Someone's got to be outside the well. Someone's got to be able to see it in a different way, in a different perspective. Because what's, what's not working is what's been going on for, for hundreds of years. And so righteousness to me is fundamentally and foundationally the answer to every man's woe. To every man's woe is, is this sense of I don't have to go, I don't have to seek it for myself anymore. Sin consciousness is forever seeking an answer to uh, their restless souls. But unfortunately, it's never available. 
Sin consciousness is always, always, there's always a restlessness going on. There's always an edge. There's always this, this, this need for pretension. This need for, for, for someone to make me feel all right. Someone to pat me on the back. Someone to say, I'm all right. You're all right. Someone to approve of us. And so when we look at this, It says, <clears throat> sin consciousness, or the being conscious of sin, is always seeking to be right. But once found, it takes wings and it flies away. Seeking to be right, but once found, it takes wings and flies away. What, I'm, what I mean by that is that there is no answer for any of man's woes outside of Jesus Christ. That's it. There, there, there is absolutely no answer for man's woes outside of Jesus Christ. And once we feel like we found it, like I've got it, it's temporary in nature. And eventually, it flies away. And it leaves us where we were before. Because God will have nothing, nothing before him. And God is the only one that can truly make us completely holy right. Nothing else. No, no other, no other um, um, uh, activity, nothing else we get involved with will we'll always make it. And we know that. Think about it for a minute. We, we really do know that. I mean, think about some of the things that we thought that if we, get, we accomplished it, we would, be be, we would feel better. And we did feel better, didn't we? Temporarily. But after a while, we went right back to where we were before. Because it is not long-lasting. Some of us got married thinking, oh, finally. This, I feel I'm, I'm right now. I'm, I'm right. Yeah, this is it. We're, I'm on it now. I'm right. And six months down the road, you're like, well, what is marriage? Marriage is spelled W-O-R-K, not righteousness. It's spelled W-O-R-K, isn't it not? Some of us have gotten a, a new something, a new, maybe a new house, a new car, a new whatever. And boy, we feel good for a little while. Oh, we feel so good. It feels good as we're riding down in our new car, our new house or whatever. And we feel if that could only just get that, I'll be okay. And just for a little while. And then it flies away. Some of us said, you know, if I could just have a child, if I just have children, and I just, just, oh, if I could just, oh, just one of those little bundle of joys, if I could just have one of those little bundles, I know my life will be complete. And you get that little bundle of joy, and you say, yeah. <laughs> two months down, three, five, two, you know, they're good, they're good for six months. They are, they're good, they're good and cuddly for six months. And then, and then, and then W-O-R-K comes in, doesn't it? In a big way. We don't regret them. Well, not all of them. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we don't regret them. We love them. But we know that they didn't complete us, did they? Did they? Did, did, did you feel like, did, do you feel like, oh, I'm complete. I, 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 I'm good now. I don't need anything else. No, no, that's not the, no, it's not. And we all find that to be true because there is no answer for righteousness apart from Jesus Christ. There is no answer for the soul of man apart from Jesus Christ. And so, 
Let's look at a few definitions here of righteousness again. And I am moving a little faster than we did this morning. Um, well, a couple of more of these so that we can get it. Sin consciousness always is always performance-driven. It is always seeking for approval. It's always seeking for approval. What if you could leave, live your life without the need for having someone say, good job? That was a good, that's a caveat. It's wonderful to have that. But what if you could live your life with never the need for someone to say, Good job. I like, like, like. I mean, you can get addicted to them thumbs, can't you? I like, let's see, did someone, did I get a, oh, shucks, they didn't like that. Oh, I feel bad all day. Someone didn't, someone didn't notice it. Someone didn't say thumbs up to it. I feel, I feel terrible. No, no. That's, that's being conscious of self, self conscious. And, and what is self? self? Self oftentimes has in it fragmentations or remnants of the sin nature, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Self, self-conscious, that, isn't it? That's why the Bible tells us to do what? Be, re, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, be by the renewing of yourself, by the renewing of yourself, by the renewing of your mind, because the mind has been fragmented. The mind has, been, has lived a life of longing for rightness, longing for righteousness. And because it's been longing for it, longing for righteousness, longing for the desire for approval and desire for someone to say, good job. It is driven that way. It is multi-driven that way. And it just wants somebody and feels so incomplete if someone doesn't give them. I'm not saying anything's wrong with it. But sometimes we need, we really need a detox from it. Uh, we need a detox from, and even sometimes you need to detox people that you know are needy that way. You need to just do stuff and have them do stuff and don't say a word. <laughs> just, just have them do some stuff and just, they, you, you see it, you know there's good stuff. And it's not wrong to say it's good. You know, it's good to be grateful and thankful. But when someone is needy that way, Sometimes you just need to just kind of back up and say, I ain't saying a word about it. I ain't going to say a word. I'm just going to let them keep on working and keep on with it. And they'll, they'll be working like this. Uh, I see you, but I'm not going to tell you that yet. Because you need to be broken from that for your own good. All right? So, the need for approval. Those are things that, that righteousness will Will, will eliminate, not, they'll eliminate the need. They won't eliminate people from saying that's a good job. Or, and it's all of those things are grateful. As long as we don't attribute wealth and value from, from that. So, <clears throat> what is righteousness? We'll go through these quickly. In the Old Testament, it simply means that which everything else is judged by. Law, morally or legally right. It means upon which everything is judged crooked or straight. Upon everything is judged crooked or straight. Morally and legally. So when we have laws, I used this example earlier. Um, uh, 55 miles an hour on the, on the highway. When you see that, that sign, that is our, that's our measure, is it not? That we measure our speed by that, 
by that 55 miles an hour. And we measure everything we do from, from here to Wilmington, as it were, on 40, we're 40 stops. We measure everything we do by 55 miles an hour. Now, for some people, 55 miles an hour means 65 miles an hour. We give ourselves a 10-mile, you know, margin. Like, okay, it's 55, I'm doing 65. That's, that's what they tell me you're safe at. When you go over 60, about 10 miles an hour, they say that's, you're in jeopardy of getting a ticket. So I don't know if I'm right in doing this, but that's kind of how I measure it. So if I'm, if I'm doing 55, I get a head nod. <laughs> well, right, right, right now, that's my standard, okay? So anyway... But, but I get a little shaky. I get real, real self-conscious when I go over, six, over, over the 10-mile the uh, margin. I get really, really like I need to back it down. And sometimes, depending on how I'm driving, if I, especially if I don't have a cruise, I can slip up there real quick. But as soon as I feel myself like something on the inside says, no, pull it back down. Bring it back down. So, so I'm conscious. I'm conscious uh, it, is, it, is, it, is, it is, I'm judging my activity, whether I'm straight, crooked, fast, slow, by that particular thing. Uh, right here, right now, we have these seats here. And some of you that, if we came in here and it was really all jacked up and seats were kind of, some of you would say, I can't even sit in this room because they don't match. We did, uh, you know, some people are like that. And they really, I mean, they really, they couldn't even listen to me because they'd be looking at the crookedness. They, just, they, couldn't, they couldn't manage it. Matter of fact, we did, we did, on the videos we did, well, we were talking about reopening. Uh, so we had two, I did two videos. I did a voiceover video, and then I did my voices as we walked through. And uh, I thought, Kim thought, the voiceover one was pretty good because it, it was clear. You could understand everything. Only problem was, as I was talking, I was also making other motions. You understand? Like, like television where the, the voices are not matching. And one person, one peculiar person, <laughs> peculiar, said, oh, I said, it was all good, but I knew, I knew there was a but coming. I knew it. It was all good, but. But I just couldn't flow with that, you know, you talking, and then your voice is saying something else over here. And, and I, I was like, man. So I went, <laughs> I went back to the, to the original one because of that. I, I thought it was pretty good, Carol. I thought it was a good job. I did it anyway. But, but sometimes that's, that, that gets under people when it's, when it's not straight. And so, and so what it's saying here is that uh, righteousness is whatever, whatever um, in culture or in society is deemed the straight line. And so the second part of that in the New Testament, it means... It means this. It means to <clears throat> conforming to a standard, conforming to God's standard, conforming to a standard. So whatever that standard is, to conform to it. That's what righteousness would mean. So, so in certain like football teams, sports teams, there would be a, a standard on that team. And if you want to play on that team, let's say that the standard is uh, for instance, uh, back in the days of, um, of uh, what's the, the Wizard of Westwood, um, UCLA's basketball coach? John Wooden, thank you. John Wooden's days, he had some great players in, on his team. And one of the great players he had was Bill Walton. 
And Bill Walton had a, a, a long beard, you know, and, and he wanted to wear his long beard and be on his team. Well, uh, uh, John Wooden said, hey, listen, you can keep your beard. You can have it. He said, but I'll, call, I'll make some calls for you to play at another place. But you won't be on this team wearing the long beard because on this team we conform to no beards. That's what he told him. Bill Walton, you know, one of the, con considered one of the great basketball players ever, and yet he said, you have to conform to this standard in order to be on this team. And so conforming to a standard is whatever, whatever the authority says is the standard, that's what we conform to. That's how we, that's how we get in, okay? That's how we make it, okay? All right, so, so listen up. Righteousness means the ability to stand before God without a feeling of guilt or inferiority. The ability to stand before God without the feeling of guilt or inferiority. It means absolute rightness. Absolute rightness. So I asked this question earlier, and I want to ask it here. Um, what do you think God's standard is? God's, what, is, what do you think God's standard is? Because his standard is what goes as far as being in his kingdom. What do you think his standard is? Perfection. It is perfection. His standard is perfection. His standard is perfection. Now, uh, think about it in this way. If you came into, say, God's house, and you were in God's house and you looked around, and it was the the carpet was dingy, the ceilings were were um, were were dirty, uh, the receptacles were upside down. Uh, what would you think of God? What would your image and impression of God be? Would it would it mess with it a little bit? It would mess with mine. I, I see God as perfect, and I see that all His utensils in His kingdom are perfect. And, and as a matter of fact, I see that nothing can come into the presence of God unless it's perfect. Nothing. So I'd ask you the question, you know, if that is God's standard, how do you and I get in? If God's standard, if you can't even come into the presence of God unless you're perfect, unless you are perfected, does that leave us with a dilemma? Does that leave us with an issue, a problem? I think so. It does, doesn't it? It's left the world with a great problem. It's left the world with a tremendous, uh, insurmountable, mountain-sized problem. How do I how do I conform to God's standard? So much of a mountain is that we see our lives lived out with that ever conscious of, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm always seeking to be made right. I'm always doing things, arguing, defending to make myself feel better just one more 24-hour period. So, Let's look at this in a little more detail because in it, in it uh, when we look at these things, righteousness, without a revelation of righteousness, what we go into is, is the spirit of religion. 
And, and so we just do, 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 do. We just work, 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 work. Just always doing, 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 but never ever feeling a sense of satisfaction because we're only doing it for the purposes of somehow making the grade, somehow being uh, 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 received by God. And so, again, righteousness, last uh, part of that is the very goodness of God, which we'll talk about this later. The very goodness of God demonstrated by our actions. So God's standard is perfection. His, his standard is perfection. It really is. And so when Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So he tells him, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because in that gospel is a way to become right with God. In other words, there's something so powerful about the gospel of Jesus Christ that it is a, a, it is a game changer for mankind. It changes. It changes our status wholly and completely. It is worth telling the world about because it is truly a game changer. And, and unfortunately, uh, what the enemy has done is he's eroded its effectiveness and power and diluted it by telling us that, that what you have really, you still have to work for it. You still have to do some stuff for it. You still got to, you know, really wonder whether or not you're in or not whether you really uh, got it or not. And so a lot of people fade away from it, back away from it, uh, won't be as confident in it as they should simply because I don't feel like what he says I am. And really that's walking in the flesh. That's walking in carnality to walk in such a way that, that when we talk, you're not going to feel when if someone takes a poor person and puts him in 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 in, in and puts him in in a, a mansion and gives him millions upon millions upon millions of dollars, he's not immediately going to feel like he's that rich. He's got a whole. He's got years and years and years of poverty down on the inside of him. He's got years. You know, he, he's not certain that he can really go and and use that 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 uh, ex, um, American Express card uh, as he wants to what to do with as he wills. So he goes in kind of sheepishly. Huh? I don't know if I can. No, and and so we, he lacks confidence because he's never had it before. And so fundamentally, when I talk about that, that is the battle I think we're, we're facing in our society right now, is that the, the, there's one group who is, is, is battling in one thing, who are unrighteous, and another group who's battling as well, and they're unrighteous, and, and they can't come to a place of equality because you can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. How can you give equality out when you don't have equality? How can you give a sense of inclusion out when you don't have inclusion in your soul, in your spirit? Like, I'm all right. Back to, again, back to the well. How can you borrow someone out of the well when you don't have the sense of rightness in your soul already? That's the, that's the fight. That is the battle for us. It's a battle of rightness, a righteousness, a sense of who I am in Christ Jesus that causes me and motivates me to do other things now. And so you have people fighting to remain on top when they don't realize you can be on top today through Jesus Christ. Clawing to get to the top when they can understand if you knew that you could already be at the top through Jesus Christ, you wouldn't be clawing so much. 
It is fundamentally about righteousness. It's fundamentally about that what God has already done for us in Christ Jesus. And so listen to this right here. Because there is another form of righteousness, uh, and that is if we can keep the law. And unfortunately, we know that we can't. Romans chapter 2 verse 12 says this, For as many as have sinned without the law also perish without the law, and as many as have sinned in the law will be, have sinned in the law will be judged by the law, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves, who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts, listen to this, accusing or else excusing them. This, those terms, those words have stayed with me all week long. I've been thinking about what does it mean to be accusing or else excusing? To be accusing or else excusing. That's, that's the battle of our soul right there. It's the battle of our consciousness right there. Is the consciousness of, of battling to accuse or excuse. Accusing or excusing us. That's what goes on in us every day if we don't have a way to override it. That is our default, as it were. A default that is always accusing or excusing. Accusing or excusing. What does it mean to accuse? It means to bring charges against yourself. Now, who would do that? All of us. <laughs> Am I right? All of us do that. Some don't go right. We do something. We say something. We act a certain way. And we bring a charge to ourselves. And then we begin to walk shamefaced. Can't come to the throne of God boldly. Can't receive healing. Don't believe God is going to provide for us because of the shame we have accused ourselves of. Who made you God? Who made you judge? Because forget everybody else out there. Forget everybody that, you, that we say are judging us and are, are accusing us. That, that's them. But they're not with you 24-7. They're not going home with you. They don't brush your teeth in the bathroom with you and start talking about you. You're no good. You can't do this. You can't have that. And you can't go over there. They're not with us there. It is the voice that we tell ourselves. It is the consciousness on the inside of us that is accusing us 24-7. Accusing. I could care less what other people say that accuse me. It's, it's when I accuse myself accusing, bringing charges against me when God says, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And yet we, we, ha we have this dual, this, this, this fight going on. You know, I am learning and have learned to talk back to myself. To use the verdict that Jesus has given me about who I am in Christ Jesus and come back and defend, use him as my defender. Let him tell me, this is who you are. This is what you have. This is what you can do. This is where you can go. 
So we bring accusations to ourselves, and, and once we bring an accusation to ourselves, because we got to do something with the crack in the wall, right? What do we do? We, 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 bring, we bring excuses. You ever heard anybody, no matter what you do, if you call them on it, they're like, well, I was trying to, and I was going to, and I didn't want to, and they made me do it, and no, 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 stop. Stop. I didn't ask for all of that. Did you do it? Yes. I don't care what your motivation for doing it was. I don't care why you did it. Don't save us some time. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm not bringing guilt on you. But if you feel guilty already, then you're going to already try to defend yourselves. Save ourselves a bit of time by just not going through the... You know what we need to start doing to people who immediately go into defense? Talk to the hand. Every time they say, well, I, I, I would have, and I should have, and I didn't realize. Just, just stop. Just, just stop. Let's just get it right. Let's just fix it. Just, just, we don't need to go in all of the, this, you know. What you, you laughing over there? <laughs> I've missed that. I have missed that. But, but, but to get to the place where we don't, can you, live, can you believe that we can live a lifestyle that is free of all conscious of evil, that we don't have to accuse or excuse ourselves anymore. You know, sometimes when we're playing golf, I was talking to this guy the other day, and, and we were talking about golf, and I was telling him, you know, I said, I said I'm, I'm, I'm not a kind that's going to throw my clubs across the, the lake and, and up, and I, I, that's just not, I, I mean, I'm, I'm learning, I'm growing, I, I, I deal with my faults, you know, which are many, and I just keep on going, and, and, and Eric could tell you, I don't, I mean, it's just, I, I just can't, I, there's not enough time, there's, I make too many mistakes to stay frustrated, you understand what I mean? So this guy was telling me, he said, he said, yeah, I've lost a many a golf club. <laughs> And, and I'm like, what did the golf club do? The golf club didn't make you have a bad swing. The golf club didn't do it. I don't know why people chuck golf clubs. I mean, they chuck them, like, throw them in the lake, throw them in the pond, as though the golf club was a problem. And that's what we do many times with ourselves and with others, is we defend, we make excuses for the things we do. You know, we make excuses and we really, there's really no need to once we find our righteousness in Christ Jesus. So let's look at some things here because I, I, we really need to understand that this is a tremendous status change. We have, hey, we have something great. We have something super, super califragilisticexpialidocious. Um, so Jesus, Jesus, our righteousness. Listen to this. Uh, and I've already said this before, but listen, listen to these words. I'm not going to read all the scriptures, but Romans, First uh, Peter chapter 2 says this in verse 22. It uh, says, who committed no sin, nor was deceit found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. Now, let me ask you where Jesus is today. 
It's not a trick question. Y'all can talk. He's at the right hand of the Father. Would you all, can we all agree that he's in the Holy of Holies? Well, it says here he bore our sins. Would God allow sin to come into his presence? No. So if he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, it presupposes what? That he doesn't have our sins anymore, does he? And, and neither do we. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If Christ can come in the presence of our Heavenly Father, then so can we. Because he could not, until he got rid of sin, he could not come back into the presence of his Father. So if he is standing at the presence of his Father, so can you and I. In Christ. Look at another scripture here. Now we, we really want to we, we really get down to this and, and repeat it over and over and over again because it's a hard thing to grasp, not accusing or not having to excuse my actions anymore because someone else has done it. Hebrews chapter uh, 4 verse 14 says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us hold fast our confession. In other words, he says, Don't, not, it didn't say let us hold fast to our feelings, does it? It doesn't say let us hold fast how we feel because feelings are fleeting, are they not? So we can't trust our feelings, but we can trust his word. Hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, how can you come boldly? Only if you know that you are the 100% absolute rightness of God. <laughs> 100%. Not halfway, not 75%, not 80%, not 65%, not any of those. We are 100% right with God. That we can come boldly into the presence of God. Boldly. Because we're 100% right. Now I know every one of you all out there. And maybe some of you all the listeners listening to us uh, via online. But I don't have 100% rightness with you. How do I know that? Because the very minute I come to your house and I, 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 I steal a key and come to your house and go down to Ace Hardware before I do that, make me a key and go into your house, all of a sudden, Pastor who? What are you doing in my house? Sitting on my couch, watching my television, eating my food. Yeah, it changes quickly, doesn't it? Because, because it's situational amongst men, it's situational righteousness, isn't it? Right? You work with people where you're situationally right with them. You have to do what they say while you're there, but if you ever catch them out in the park. <laughs> Boy, if I ever catch you out in the park... Me and you, we, it's, it's our own. It's our own. We ain't, we ain't, I don't have to do what you tell me to do. No, it's, it's situational. But with God, it's never situational. It's positional that leads to good actions. 
We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus because we bear his nature. We are 100% right with God because we have no sin. Listen to this. Romans chapter 10 verse 3 says this. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seek to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. For Christ is the end. Everyone say the end. What does the end mean? Christ is the end of the law. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. I mean, the end to me, to me it means it's over. That Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law for righteousness. In other words, we now have relationship. Relationship trumps law. Relationship trumps law. And that's, that's a privilege in this country where we've not really had. When I say we, black people that is, we, we've, not been, we've not been righteous all the way with this country. And, and, and therefore, law has always been imputed. It's always been imputed to the nth degree because we've not had rightness. So when you hear the terms I'm, I'm running on law, on law and order. Nothing wrong with law and order. But not everyone is, is, is treated equally under the law. Because if you have relationship and a whole lot of money, then your thievery is not treated the same way with, as the thievery of someone who has stolen and has less money. <laughs> that's, that's the truth of the matter. Because the one who has less money and has less status, he doesn't have the same level of rightness, of righteousness. So here's what I want to tell you. Don't get mad about it. Get Christ. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Get Christ. Get Christ. Because, listen, if you, are, if you are on the low end of the totem pole in this country, you have no other way out other than Jesus Christ. That, that, that's the, just the truth of the matter. We are not going to find any other form of rightness in a country who is not willing to go relationally with us yet. And I'm not, I'm, not beating a, I'm not trying to jump on any bandwagon. I'm just telling you that we're now interpreting what it is that we're, we're going through. And that's it. It is a fundamentally a matter of righteousness. But if you don't have Christ, then you cannot extend righteousness. You can't extend it. And so here's what I would tell anyone. You know, hey, listen, I love the fact that you're fighting. I love the fact that you're trying to get things right. But here's the deal. You're not going to get it in this system. But you can have it in God's system. In God's world, and God's ways of doing and being, so that you don't you don't get frustrated and, and lose heart and quit fighting the battle. 
that our righteousness in Christ Jesus, you know, this, this should be the best news. Just as Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because I wasn't old this and I wasn't old that. And I used to be on the wrong side of the railroad tracks and I used to have the wrong color skin, grew up in the wrong family. But now I am in the household of God. No longer alienated from the promises of God, but now a child and a, 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 a one who's in the kingdom of God's dear son, translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. What is the message that man needs to hear now? Man needs to hear that you can become right. Not in this world system. Not in this world. This world will not, is, not, is never going to say, come on in. We just love you, love you, love you, love you, love you. And even if policies change, and even if laws change, it does nothing to the heart of man. And you, the only, only what the heart, the heart will always, I don't care if everything changes, and that's a good thing, don't get me wrong, but if everything changes, you can still get a, a, a person who has no heart for it and can still be oppressive. Because you cannot govern the heart of man. You can only cause a change, a new birth in the heart of man. And when that happens, when that happens, listen to me. One, 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 one gentleman uh, back in the day, I was telling someone this story a while ago. One person who had a heart change, a brother of the light of you, good man of God. He, while we were, walk, we were uh, riding around in his car one day, and uh, uh, he was telling me about his own family and some of the, some of the ingrained uh, uh, isms that he grew up in. He even said, you know, that when I was a kid growing up in some part of South Carolina, that the people who worked for my family, they couldn't come up on the, on the, on the, uh, um, the wraparound porch. He said, but I got saved. He said, I got born again. Say, I became a new creation in Christ Jesus. And I, and I saw the error of my thinking and the error of my mind and the way I was taught to think. And I was riding around with him one day, and he, he took me by a piece of property. And he said, listen, George, he said, if you'll put a, piece, a church on this property right here, if you'll put a church on this property, you can have it. That was such a hand up. Such a big hand up. How did that happen? It wasn't legislated. There was no policy that came about. It was the change of a man's heart. So I said, you know what? I said, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. We'll, we'll put a church on that piece of property. And in my heart, I really thought that's what we're going to do. So afterwards, I said, you know what? Uh, I, I went back to him and I said, listen, um, uh, it's just, I just can't take the money. Uh, I mean, I just can't take the land because... I don't think it's going to be a big enough piece of property for us to build our church on after just thinking. So, so I took his deed and I said, here's, here's your deed back. And I gave it back to him. And you know what he said? Changed heart. He said, that's all right. You keep it. I says, I'll sell it for you and I'll give you the proceeds. What caused that? It was a changed heart. It was one brother talking to another brother and realizing that we had a kindredness through our Heavenly Father, that we we're in the same family. And he sold that piece of property for us. We took that and we began to build around that, 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 that sum of money that we had and we were able to buy this property far bigger, more than we can, a lot of land that we can work with. 
But it all came out of a changed heart. This man could have, he could have, he could have been in church all of his life without a changed heart. <laughs> I'm not saying to him because he went to church. I'm saying to him because he had a, a changed heart. God is the answer. God is our righteousness. God is the one who gives us confidence. God is the one who puts us in the right place at the right time. And that's what we have to build our lives on, that we are 100% right with God. And out of that, out of that righteousness, we begin to do fruits of righteousness. We bear fruits of righteousness. That's when we get involved with injustice. That's when we get involved with speaking for those who have no voice. That's when we get involved with releasing the oppressed because we're now out of the well and we're putting our, our, our rope down in that well and feeding it down there to those who need to hear the good news that God sees you, that God loves you, that God wants you to be a part of his kingdom and we bring them back up. That is the only lasting change. You know, I was thinking the other day and, and, uh, and I was looking at some of the, the things that were going on and... and uh, <laughs> This might get me a little bit of trouble, but so be it. And I was thinking, I was watching one speaker speak. And this speaker was just all in his flesh, in my opinion. He started out with a scripture, but then he jumped into the flesh. And I thought to myself, boy, wouldn't it be nice if someone like T.D. Jakes had the mic to speak to a national audience to bring forth the gospel of Jesus Christ and the righteousness and the balance that comes out of that. That no one has to leave that place shame-faced, but instead restored and built up. The words were like, like, like accusations coming out, one after the other, accusing, accusing, accusing. And all it could do was cause other people to begin to excuse, excuse, excuse. But the balance that comes with the word of God. Man, I said, boy, wouldn't it be a time for someone like, I wish they had to ask someone like that. They could spoken uh, right now a powerful word to the nation. Righteousness. It is the thing that we need more than anything else. Amen. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for our being able to come together again. You said in your word, Father, that forsake ye not the, the uh, assembling of ourselves together. I thank you for these men and women that have come out and children that have come out this morning who, to, to get the word of God. And we thank you for those who are listening to us on air as well. Uh, we thank you so much for their commitment to your word. And Father, I thank you for the time in which we're all able to come back together again, that we're all comfortable with coming back together again. Keep us all safe. Keep us free from harm or danger, incidents or accidents. Keep us free from this, this invisible coronavirus. And Lord, we speak to that virus now in the authority and the righteousness that you've given us in Christ Jesus. For you said in your word, we reign in life through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. So we speak to the coronavirus and we command it to leave our premises, leave this nation, dissipate in Jesus' name.
And Lord, we forever give you thanks for it. Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.